Hi, and welcome to the Daring to Leap podcast. I'm your host, Lori Phillip. I'm so excited to dive into this week's episode with you. This week, we have a special guest on the podcast. Dana Mahina is here. Dana broke through the glass ceiling and was in the CEO position before taking her own leap. We discuss the challenges women face breaking through the glass ceiling, how she did it, determining if it is the right path for you, and the importance of lifting other women up as we rise in our careers. Let's dive in. Dana Mahina is here. She is the woman behind the Work Life Harmonized show and podcast. She is a multi-passionate coach, author, podcaster, and expert here to guide up-and-comers through transforming their lives. Over the decades, Dana has worked in the corporate world as a renowned coach, speaker, and expert on leadership. Through this ambition, she has helped thousands of people and teams to grow as leaders in their own right. Dana saw a need for these same leadership skills to be applied in the real world, not just in corporate executives. Using her signature method, mindset, and movement called Settle Smarter, Dana now helps to transform individuals to their most confident and joyful selves. Welcome to the podcast, Dana. It's so great to have you. It's great to be here. Thank you, Lori. Oh, goodness. I have so much to talk about with you because we've had so many great conversations already behind the scenes. And so I'm like, oh, where do I start? But I think what I would really love to talk to you about is your career journey, especially because you were in the CEO role previously. So I'd love to hear about, okay, what were you doing before and what made you decide to shift? I love this question. I'm going to work on something I was telling you in the pre-show, which is being pithy saying it shortly, powerful, saying it clearly and precise. So people really get it. So I spent 30 years in companies working with many, many different sizes of companies, everything from fortune 500 down to startup. And the journey was all about people, hiring, training, mentoring, Mm -hmm. developing, sometimes firing people, thousands of people, literally. And I really just love humanity and I want to put humanity back into humans because we lose our way as leaders a lot. So that was the journey. And I helped a few founders grow and exit their businesses very successfully. So did mergers and acquisitions. So after all of that, what I realized was I was burnt out. I didn't have enough space and time and energy for myself. I had given and given and given, come through being a single mom and an executive leader. And it was just really, really time for me to do something for myself. And that was exactly what I've been doing the last seven years. So you decided to leave. How was that transition for you? Was it scary? Were you ready? Did you know what you were going to do when you decided to leave? I was definitely scared. I wasn't terrified. And I always say fear is healthy. Panic kills. It's a surfer's mentality. I raised my kids in a surf town and surfers really teach you a lot. If you've ever seen that movie Maverick about Jay Moriarty, the famous surfer who passed doing what he loved, but he always taught that fear is healthy. Panic kills. So I was definitely afraid I wasn't panicked. I wasn't terrified. Mm -hmm. I seeded the journey, which is very entrepreneurial with an existing really good friend who I said, I'd like you to be my first client. She was all excited. So I signed up with my first client as I was transitioning out of my 30 year corporate journey and out of the CEO chair I was in. So I did have a softer landing pad, which is sometimes the right thing. And I'm going to just tell your listeners, sometimes it's not the right thing. You really got to make sure 
you're seating a client for the right reasons. It cannot just be about the money. It's got to mm -hmm. be the right aligned client, especially your first client when you go out on your own as a solopreneur. So you had your first client lined up and you mentioned your last position was CEO. And what I really want to dig in today, because we have you here, and I think our listeners would get the most value out of our conversation to talk a bit about the glass ceiling. And especially with women, because it is generally used as a, something with women, but we as a group are trying to grow and evolve and take on new positions and move up the chain, wherever that is for us. But we come across these challenges. In your experience, what are the things that are really holding us back when we're thinking about moving up? Normally, you know, we focus on societal and systemic issues. And I'm going to tell you, it's a long road for that to shift. And we're not going to see a massive shift in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. We need to start paving it forward for our kids and their kids and so on and so forth. It's going to be a slow shift as it's been the last 150 years. It's going to continue to be a slow burn. So I do not focus on societal or systemic change as much as that sounds like a downer. The truth of it is I focus on one for one, which is I start with myself. I show the way I lead by example, people follow, what do I do? Not what do I say? And I do it with confidence, which is mm -hmm. I put myself out there. I get on some boards. I stretch myself. I reach for things that are a little bit out of my grasp. That is more of what our male counterparts do. And they do it with gravitas. And I've learned that from a lot of men in particular in the Silicon Valley. I spent 22 years in the most cutthroat, hyper-competitive environment. For men and women. Mm -hmm. And so I really suggest to your listeners, if you want to go for it, get a mentor, get an ally, get a friend, get a coach and let's go because it starts with you. The systemic change and the societal change is going to happen with the groundswell. So mm -hmm. ground up women, let's go. One of the things that I like to talk about in the podcast is that we can be the role models we wish we had. And I think that's what you're talking about here, Dana, is you found ways to get there and now you're modeling it for others. Do you have any examples or stories you could share about your path to doing that? I really do. I'm glad you asked. So I call it <laughs> moving out to move up. So if you look at my LinkedIn or my resume, it looks like job hopping extraordinaire. It was incredibly strategic on my part. And this is what gets underestimated in women. I had a plan. I have a very analytical mind. I knew exactly what I was doing. It wasn't desperation. It wasn't because I screwed up and I had to make a move. It wasn't because I hit such a high glass ceiling where I was that my head was bleeding and I was stuck. It wasn't like that because I saw the ceiling and I was like, I don't want anywhere near that ceiling. I'm going to leave when the getting's good. So anytime I was headhunted out of a business, if it was even realistic for me to make the move, even a stretch kind of move, I yeah. went for it, which is exactly what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And so I did make a bunch of moves. Now the collective story becomes more impressive because it's within a space where I become a domain master of the space. So it actually ends up really serving me to become someone really, really known and high up and credible in my field. 
And for me, I don't know about your listeners, I could not be a jack of all trades or a Jill of all trades. I had to be a master. And that's how I did it. It was messy though. Real messy. (laughs) That's interesting. And so in the domain, you're talking about like the functional domain or could you explain that a little bit more? Sure. Industry. So I spent almost 30 years in staffing executive search recruitment inside every kind of type and flavor and size of company from the Fortune 500, two of those kinds of companies as an officer of both of those companies, all the way into tech startup and disruptive technology in terms of outsourced labor and consulting. And so I had such a great education by taking those leaps of faith, by really believing in myself, even when I knew it was going to be a stretch. Mm -hmm. And that's really what it takes to make that change happen. That's part of that groundswell. And then one other quick story is I was sitting at a ladies luncheon with Senator Hannah Brown, who wrote the legislation in California, Northern California, to ensure that there are more women on boards. She and Jerry Mm -hmm. Brown, governor at the time, they wrote that legislation, that bill. And she said something at the lunch I'll never forget. She said, ladies, (laughs) when you reach the top, Do not forget to send the elevator back down for the next wave. So I didn't realize that's what I was doing by mentoring and pulling women up with me. I do it even now. If I'm on a board or an advisory board and there's an opening, my goal is to find a woman and in particular a woman of color to join me on that board. It's not that I don't love men and it's not that there aren't great men. Yeah, And if I don't have someone like that, who's qualified, of course, I'm going to talk to the dudes. Like, of course I am. Yeah. We need allyship. I'm going to start, I'm going to prioritize with the women and the women of color in particular that I know who do not always get that elevator to come for them so they can step onto it. That's a great, great point. So we're talking about focusing on what we can do, what's within our control moving around, if that's necessary, if you feel stuck, finding things to do, stuff like that, helping other women come up with you. What else? What else are we missing here? I would be remiss if I didn't tell this other story. So I do have a really dear friend. So she was a client about 15 years ago. We just became really good friends. African-American, truly incredible, 16,000 acronyms after her name. We've talked a lot about the glass ceiling and she sobered me up one day on a board call. She's on a board of directors with me and she is the only woman of color on the board. The rest of the people are women and we're white women and we're women of privilege and we're aware of it. And she said, listen, it might be a glass ceiling for y'all. She's from Texas. I love that. (laughs) But she said, for me, it's a cement ceiling. And we just paused the board meeting. A couple of us got real teary. That's the reality. There's also an endless well of women of color and the LGBTQ plus plus community. And I just talked to someone who's recruiting from the disability community. There is an endless well of incredible women who just need that elevator so that they can get on it, right? And push up. Yeah. (laughs) Go to the top floor, ladies. So we do really have a responsibility. I live in Hawaii now. I shared that with you and it's been an incredible, hard and interesting journey. And yet the best decision I've ever made for myself, the most transformative place. And there's a word here called kuleana. And kuleana means responsibility and it's heavy, it's deep. And 
everyone on this or these islands knows what kuleana is. And so to me, the call to action, if I might, is that as women, especially women who have reached a certain height in our career and our journey, it is our kuleana to send the elevator for the next woman and the next woman mm -hmm. and to pass it down. I see the glass ceiling and I see the cement ceiling now. And it's like, as hard as we have it, as we move up and as we see that glass ceiling for people out there that maybe they're not, they don't want to be CEO. They don't want to be the next president of the United States, that metaphorical glass ceiling we have our own internal glass ceilings for each of us, right? That we can also break through ourselves. And so it just depends on where you're at and where you want to go. But regardless of what that is for you, you can still help to send that elevator down for sure. Spot on for sure. You know, for me, I didn't even realize till I became a CEO, I didn't want to be. Yeah, I just thought I was supposed to, because that's what you do in Silicon Valley. You climb the ladder and climb the ladder and you bust through the glass ceiling and you're bleeding and it's worth it. And it's like the Braveheart movie, except for that movie was not made about women or for women. Right, 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 right. <laughs> now we have the women king or whatever. I can't handle it because it's too violent. But, you know, we have to really know, to your point, Lori, what we want why we want it, how we want it, when we want it, and with whom, and what the heck for, be really clear on your journey. You do not have to find out the hard way. That's another misconception. It doesn't have to be so damn difficult. Sometimes right. it's in flow, right? It's like, oh, that's a weird lateral move, but the culture's better. I can't tell you how yes. many times I left, a, right? Because the culture sucked and it was male dominated and I was never going to reach where I wanted to go. So why not move out to move up, even right. if it is lateral? So many women will ask me, well, I'm not taking a pay cut. It's like, what is pay? If you can afford a little pay cut and the culture's better and there's an open field for you to run wherever you want to go side to side or up, maybe slow down and think about that. Like, yeah. are we talking about a couple thousand dollars mm -hmm. to get your life back? It's so crazy. So I would definitely recommend like, you don't have to be CEO, but find out for you, what would you love to be? What is that for you? And these hurdles will get easier. Who do you want to be when you grow up is more of a really young kid question. So the equivalent when you're an aspiring woman that I teach is who's the role model? Who's the actual role model? So for me, back in the day, it was Sheryl Sandberg and no offense to her. Until I realized that was absolutely not who I wanted to be. And there was no shot in hell I was going to be her or anywhere like her. I was going to not have a nanny in the next office and all this privilege. Like I wasn't going to be that privileged. I had plenty of privilege. I wasn't going to be like that. So for me, it's more about like, who's the actual role model out there? It might be someone right inside your company or someone you go to church with, or it may be someone from a movie. So I'll tell you a quick, funny story. There's this show Billions. and it is dark and depressing and yeah. in your face and fun. And it's Paul Giamatti, who's an incredible actor and all these other amazing actors. And I had a bunch of clients say to me, well, you're Wendy, you're Wendy, you're the industrial psychiatrist on staff at the hedge fund. And I was like, I'm the good witch though. 
I'm Glenda from Wizard of Oz. I'm not dark. I'm not going to take people apart and put them back together so they can go out and kill. I'm yeah. the opposite. I'm like, if we have to get into it, we'll get into it so that you can go out and be your best, most thriving self. And then others will start to follow you. And so it might be a character from a show that is really helpful. That helped me when I was emulating who I wanted to be as a solopreneur. I did look to people like Brene Brown. Yeah. And I did look to people like Mel, who's like the take five woman. And I did look to people like Wendy from Billions when she was her best self on the good side, not yeah. the dark side. So find that role model and they can be a character. They don't have to be a human. Sometimes that's where the gift lies, isn't what you're attracted to. Yeah. I haven't watched it, but somebody said that didn't really know what a coach was, but it's like, hey, is it like on Billy? <laughs> is that the, that was the only idea about it that they had? Well, I'm going to start to wrap this up with you, Dana. Do you have any last words of wisdom for the audience you'd like to provide on anything we've discussed today? What? is important to remember is that we're usually told just work smarter, not harder. We've all heard it. Most of us don't know what the heck that means. Mm -hmm. So I'll break it down quickly. If you've ever learned what a smart goal is, it's specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-based. We forget the smarter, the E and the R. The E is evaluate. If whatever you're doing toward your goal is working, great. Go to the R, repeat, rinse, keep going. If you are at the E and you're evaluating and it's absolutely not working, maybe it's even failing. It's okay to stop and start over. So don't just rinse it out and repeat it over and over and over. Stop yourself and redo. The R turns into a redo. Go back to the beginning and reset the goal because maybe you weren't headed toward the right direction for yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's smarter, not harder. Thank you for that. I've never heard that before. That's brilliant. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much, Dana. If you could let our audience know where they can connect with you, where can they find you, see your work? So it's Dana Mahina and Mahina is the Hawaiian given name an indigenous person granted me and it means moon. So it's D-A-N-A-M-A-H-I-N-A, DanaMahina.com. And you can find me on social media, Dana Mahina, wherever you find social media. And on Instagram, I don't know why, it's Dana and then a dot Mahina. Thank you so much. I will definitely put all that in the show notes. You guys can just click and find Dana. And thank you again for your time. And this has been just a fun conversation. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you and your listeners. Aloha. Aloha. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you've enjoyed it, I would love for you to subscribe. If you're already a subscriber, don't forget to share the podcast with a friend. Hope you all have an amazing week. Until next time. Bye.